0: can do. It changes us. It changes what we see and what we see. See yeah.
1: His presence is here, but we should be crying out for Him to fill us, to engulf us, envelop us, that when our mouth opens, it's He that's speaking. When our hands move, it's He that's moving, and when our hands are lifted, it's lifted to Him, they're lifted to Him. I was praying this morning... My prayer was simply, "Lord, let us say we've never seen it done like this before." And as they were singing the song about the chains breaking, basically the prison doors being opened, I was taken back and reminded of when Paul and Silas was praising. They were already praising, but at midnight the earthquake it came. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it it shook the foundation and the prison doors were opening. The beauty of all of that to me is that when God does something, He does it right. And when He opens a door, no man can shut it. And I, I believe that there's some folks here today that may be watching or will watch that need some things to happen in your life. And the fact of the matter is that some of us, the prison that we are in spiritually is a prison that we have chose to stay in. And we cry out and we say we want freedom and we say we want liberty and we we want the Holy Spirit to move but we don't let Him. Today I want you before we go any further to take time and pray with me for the Lord to search your heart. Creating you a clean heart to renew a right spirit in you. To take away things that may hinder or distract you. For the Lord to change you. I'm asking Lord change me today. Lord have your way in me today. Because he desires to move today in your life. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege to call on you. To come into your presence. To magnify and lift up your name. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. All that you have done. But Lord, we're asking today that you change us. Lord, that you would search my heart. Lord, that you would anoint my lips. That I wouldn't say anything out of my heart but let it be from yours God we're asking for souls to be saved for minds that have been tormented to be set free Lord for those that have been blinded and and deceived with just stuff Lord let us walk in your liberty and your freedom Lord don't let us come into your presence with a hard heart but Lord, deliver us from us and set us free today. We thank you, honor you, and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're going to receive our tithe and offering if you have it. You can drop it off if you want to give on the, the square. You can do that as well. thankful for the sunshine. I don't know about you but I, I, I praise God for the rain but I would like to praise him for the sunshine as well for at least several weeks and uh, let the swampy land dry up. Our yard has not been dry since I think November and uh, I know yours probably has not uh, as well but praise God he knows what he's doing but I just love the sunshine and uh, Children's Church I always forget. To follow your fearless leader. <laughs> Sorry. Hurry up, Gemma. I uh, this morning, I, if, if, as you have your word, turn into Genesis chapter forty-one. And uh, familiar uh, topic, subject, portion of scripture what have you, but I'm believing that today uh, some things are going to happen in people's lives. I'm believing that uh, continuing that the Lord has been already doing, but souls will continue to be saved. Um, We praise God for uh, the neighbor over here, accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior this week. And I'm telling you that God is still working. His blood still works. He's still saving souls, and lives are still being changed. He is so good to us. I want to minister this morning using for a subject or title, if that's what you like, Forgiveness, Forgetting, forgetting and Fruitfulness. Forgiveness, Forgetting, and Fruitfulness. <laughs> uh, before service, we were in the office talking, and... Uh, Typically, we just talk about all kinds of things, but we began discussing the imperativeness or the importance of every believer understanding Romans 6, 7, and 8. Uh, understanding that that uh, it's who shall deliver us, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we have been uh, primed and pumped and, and uh, told... Your whole life, or not, maybe not your whole life, but I'm sure you've heard the phrases, uh, you just got to forgive yourself. And I'm here to tell you that you cannot forgive yourself because you don't have that authority. Only Christ can forgive. Now, you do have the ability to keep moving. But if you're trying to forgive yourself, you're taking the working power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the blood away and not allowing it to work in your life. Genesis forty-one uh, verses fifty through fifty-two, and I hope you take notes. I hope you underline. If you underline in your Bible, I tell you, if you don't like to write in one, find one you do. Um, but underline. I, I'm going to give you some things. Genesis forty-one verses fifty through fifty-two, and it's speaking about Joseph. Said unto Joseph, were born two sons before the years of famine came, which ascendeth the daughter of Potiphar, a uh, pot, Potiphar, priest of On, uh, bore unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. And I want you to underline this portion. For God, said he, has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second uh, called he Ephraim. And underline this, if you will, or write it down. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And I want to tell you right now what the devil meant for evil. God will turn it to good. When the enemy comes in every which way he can, when affliction comes and when it rises, if you are in Christ and if you have the favor of God in your life, I promise you one thing, even in the affliction, you will still be fruitful in Christ Jesus. Not in yourself, but in Christ Jesus. So in life, we're going to suffer wrongs. We're going to suffer wrongdoings. We're going to suffer hurts. We're going to suffer all of these things. It's just there. And we expect that from what we call the foe or the enemy. We expect that to happen. And there are the people that you expect, uh, in a sense, to take advantage of you, to wrong you, to to, to try to do harm to you, to to take advantage of you, to talk about you, to criticize you, to try to tear you down. And and pretty much every step it seems you're going, they try to fight you. There are those people that you, you come to expect that from. And it's sad, but it's true. And we like to call them our enemies. In a sense, that is correct, but not so much because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Some are just mentioning that. When we suffer attacks, we bandage our wounds and we, we go about our merry way and we keep just moving. It just happens. It's life. And we like to talk about it. But the hardest thing to do is overcome those hurts or wrongdoings in your father's house. Friends and family. And I don't know why I felt led to preach and, and, and about forgiveness, but I want to tell you, there, there, a bitter heart will never do anybody any good. Harboring hard feelings will never do anybody any good. Trying to hold on to something that you say you have forgiven will never do you any good. Unforgiveness, is—you've we've heard it said before, is like you drinking and poisoning, poisoning and, and expecting whoever to die. In military terms, they call it those who are wounded or or killed by their their, uh, own. They call that friendly fire, and I find that kind of crazy because it don't sound very friendly to me, but that's what they call it. And we expect these things to happen from the enemy, so we protect ourselves and we leave ourselves vulnerable to those that we trust, those that we consider to be friends, those that we consider to be uh, family. But I want to tell you something, there's too much friendly fire taking place. If you read in James chapter 2, you understand the power of the tongue. You understand that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And a lot of people want to talk about life, but they have done nothing but speak death. A lot of us, and myself included, sometimes let your feelings and emotions get the best of you. And you may say things or do things or respond or react in ways that you should not. We're people. We're not perfect. But a lot of believers have taken the time over the last several months to lash out and just belittle people. Just as Joseph, we can expect or should expect rest in the father's house. But the fact of the matter is that sometimes you're going to be wounded in the house of your father or the house of your friends. And I know that uh, we all have different ideas, we all have different opinions, and that's the beauty of this great nation that we're allowed to. And if I don't like uh, Carolina Tar Heels, it does not mean that I hate you, it just means I don't like the Carolina Tar Heels. And if I don't drive a Chevy truck, it's because I want to get somewhere and not just look at a Chevy truck. Like Jason likes to talk about so much. It don't mean that I don't like you. It just means i had rather have something that's dependable. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to take your shots, but that's okay. (laughs) We like them all so much we have a make of each. But in a society today that has been created by false narratives, by lies especially the younger generation, they believe and feel that if you don't agree with one or another that you just don't like each other, you hate each other, and they want to call this cancel culture. Let's cancel them out. Let's forget them. What if Christ canceled you out? What if? The, the, The theory and the logic that is used in today's society, if it were used by the Lord, all of us would be dead. None of us would have a chance. And to believe that it's okay to disown, dislike, disregard, or throw somebody away like they're a piece of garbage because you don't or they don't agree with you is called sin because it's called hatred. It was prophesied in Zechariah 13, verse 6, and was concerning Jesus, and it said, And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in your hands? And he shall answer to, with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. The church loves to throw darts. The church loves to take pop shots. Can I tell you something? It was his own that crucified him. It hurts so much more when we're wounded in the house of friends or in the house of the father. Those that we think should protect us, they attack us. The place where we should feel safe becomes a battleground. And in fact, sometimes the sanctuary becomes a shooting range. If the Holy Ghost, and He is real, and He is full of power, and if He will change your life, and He does, He will also shut your mouth, and He will never lead you, direct you, or guide you to open it, to talk about somebody else. Much of the criticism that we face in our lives will come from the Father's house. It'll come from friendly fire. It'll come from those that are on the inside, if you will. When Samuel went to the house of Jesse to anoint the king, and I spoke about this last week, he 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 went to anoint David to replace Saul. It was David's own father that said, Surely you don't want David, he's just a child. And when David went to the battlefield to take his brother some food, and when he, when he went to just do what, uh, what he knew to do uh, and, and began to challenge Goliath, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 28, And Eliab, the eldest brother, heard when he spoke unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why did you come here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness taking pop shots? I know your pride and the naughtiness of your heart, and you are come down that you might see the battle. Little did he know, David didn't come to see anything, but David come to be obedient to the Lord. Here's the problem. we got a lot of talkers and little, very, very little doers. We've got a lot of people that like to talk and run their mouth and do nothing and stand on the cliff side and talk about and challenge and and poke fun and, and make fun of the Goliath, but will never do a thing about it. And then when somebody does come along who is anointed and is not afraid and sold out to Jesus and said, It don't matter if you don't like me or not. I'm going to tell you the truth. It don't matter if I get a thumbs up or a thumbs up down, or if you ban me from social media, I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ is the only way. When I come to the cliff side's edge, I didn't come to look at anything, and I'm not full of pride, but I am confident in my king, and I know what he said to do, that he will go before me, he's behind me, he's above me, he's beneath me, he's all around me, I ain't worried about anything that you got to say. Then people's going to get mad. Can't believe you got a fifteen-year-old up here singing praise and worship. I've been singing for thirty-seven years. Well, I want to tell you something. The Lord can use a fifteen-year-old just like He can a ninety-seven-year-old. And if the Lord's anointed one, He'll anoint another. He thought David had come to to and he wanted. To, well, you just left those few sheep, brother. While I was tending the sheep, I was learning and being trained by the Lord. But David knew in verse 29 that there was a cause. And my cause is not to stand here and argue with you. My cause is not to come here and listen to your belittling and and, and your degrading comments. My cause is to come to do what the Lord said. Before David could become king, he had to overcome his own father's lowly opinion of himself. Before he could conquer the, the, the Goliath or the giant, he had to get past his own brother. It seems that when God anoints you and sets you up and opens the door, the, the battle really begins. When you said yes to Jesus, all hell broke loose in your life. And if you say not, then you're lying, because it does. We have to tell people about that part. Come to the altar and all is going to be well. It is well with your soul, but all hell will come against you. Because I want to tell you something. Think about this. If your soul was not so valuable, then why in the world does all hell come against it to take it away? The religious folks, the Pharisees, they argued against Jesus continually. The Pharisees were blinded by the good side of evil, if you will. They wanted to always argue... It's called self-righteousness. Even the devil obeyed Jesus. In Matthew 4, verses 10 and 11, Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. Don't you know that the Lord Jesus Christ always answered the devil's accusations with the word of God? It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Verse 11 Says, then the devil left or left, left him alone, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Even the devil obeyed Jesus. Well, what's our problem? What's our issue? Oh, I can't. I, I mean, I, I, just, I just want his blessings. Something that, that, that I've been thinking of. It's beautiful outside. And, and, and you folks that are here, praise God that you're here. And those that are viewing online, praise God for you. And listen, it's not. But we we will use the rain. I can't go to church. Now the sun's shining. I can't go to church because it's too pretty. And we're allowing the blessings of God because it is a blessing keep us from His presence. The devil tempted Jesus, but it was his own that killed him. Joseph understood what it was all about. Joseph was anointed from birth, and he and his name Joseph—the very name means that Jehovah has added or will give increase. If you read back in Genesis, you'll find that the that the Pharaoh uh, gave Joseph another name, and I really can't say that name, but it meant basically you're going to find favor, or you'll have favor, and it the the. It does not matter. When God says something, nothing can change it. So right now what you got going on is is people trying to legislate and okay what the Bible says is sin. And I don't care what law is passed. It will never change the word and the truth of God's word. It's not going to do it. And we don't know this word enough and we're too scared to stand on his word and trust his word that we'll just go with whatever. There's a danger going on in this nation. Not only this nation, but this world. But don't expect anything to change outside of the house of God, and I'm not talking about just here, unless we're willing to let him change us. Hello. If we would be as fired up about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ as we are or were supporting one candidate or the other, then what would happen? What would happen? Joseph was a child of promise, and it was an answered prayer for Rachel. And and though Joseph was a favorite and was anointed, not everybody was thrilled that he was. Not everybody's going to be thrilled with your calling. Not everybody's going to be thrilled with your salvation. The the church should be ecstatic when when one comes to Jesus Christ. Not everybody's going to be thrilled and excited about your anointing, if you will. What you're called to do. Uh, Genesis 37, verse 4 says, and When his brethren saw that the Father loved him more than his own brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. We got so called brothers and sisters in Christ that can't stand each other. Well, I don't know if you're a brother and sister in the Lord, one of you is lying. In his father's house, in the presence of his brothers, there was no peace, or there was, and, and, nor was there any acceptance. Then Joseph, he had a dream, and, and he told his brothers, and they hated him even more. And we know all of this, and I'm not going to go through all of this for time's sake, but we, Joseph was sent to see how his brothers were doing, and then they saw him, and they conspired to kill him. Sounds like a great welcome home party. How you doing? Oh. Much better than you fixing to be. Joseph had no worries; these were his brothers. Can you imagine the shock of the surprise when he met his brothers? Genesis twenty thirty-seven, uh, thirty-seven, verse twenty-three. It, it wasn't a welcome home party. It wasn't a warm welcome. It came to pass when Joseph was come to his brothers, brethren, uh, or to his brethren. They. He stripped Joseph of his coat and his coat of many colors that, that that was on they stripped it from him. When they took off the coat, they still didn't take his anointing. Hear me clearly. When they take off or try or think they've cancelled you, they still have not canceled the anointing. Come on, somebody. When they shut down your account, they still can't shut down the anointing. When all hell has come against you and you feel like you're naked and alone, it still has not taken the anointing and the calling of God in your life. Listen to me clearly. We've allowed the things to become more important than the giver of all things. We've allowed the, the platform the, and the stuff that comes along with all of those things to become so important. And if I ain't got it, hear me clear. We got a lot of folks that are terrified. I'm concerned about what's going on. Don't get me don't get me wrong. It's and some of you might like like this, but listen, get over it. What we got going on in this nation, Republican, Democrat, everything in between, is pure evil. It's not the Word of God. They're not gonna stand on the Word of God because they don't want to lose what they got. But on the flip side of that, we got a lot of uh, church folk that will not stand on this Word of God because they're afraid they're going to get stripped of their coat. I'm going to tell you right now, take it all. But I know what the Lord's called me to do. I've lost everything before, and I'll lose it again. But I will not lose my soul to the devil. I will not lose my call to the enemy. I will not be quiet. You can unfriend me. You can dislike me. You can cancel me out. But I want to tell you something. Hear these words clear. There is one way and his name is Jesus Christ. And if you want to see change, let him begin to change your life. This is how not so intelligent the enemy is. I'm going to take his coat. You still didn't take what God placed in his heart. The enemy, don't, the enemy is crafty, but he's not very intelligent when it comes in comparison to the Lord. They threw him in the pit and they sold him to slavery for twenty pieces of silver. A lot of folks have sold their friends out for fortune and fame. They've sold out their call for, for, for fortune and fame. They've sold out their salvation for for their own selves and, and to live for themselves. Because this is what I think is right. Genesis 37 verse 27 says, Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Your brother or sister might not kill you, but sometimes they will set you up for death. If you hear somebody talking about something, shut it down. Especially if it's somebody. Shut it down. Why would you listen? Why would you entertain it? Your brother or sister, again, they may not kill you, but they'll set you up for death. This is what they, we're not going to kill him, but we'll set him up to die. Joseph was hurt, and there's no doubt, even after he was at the, in the Potiphar's house, it came to false accusations, and, and he was wrongly accused, and he had favor everywhere he was, everywhere he went, and even in prison, it seemed better than his own father's house. The fact is that some of our worst hurt in life can take place again in the father's house. And we hold on to that, and we allow that to fester And that hurt turns into bitterness and unforgiveness. But before we can move into what God wants us to be, we have to learn to forget the hurts of the Father's house. After all that Joseph had been through, After all the betrayal, after all the lies, after all the accusation, after he lost the coat of many colors but did not lose his anointing, after all of that, after he was given the ability to destroy, uh, basically to destroy those who had caused him so much pain. Joseph learned something uh, wonderful. He learned not only how to forgive, but how to forget. We say, we're good to forgive, but I ain't forgetting. I'm going to forgive you, but I ain't to forget what you've done. That's not forgiveness. I, I posted the other day, True forgiveness does not keep talking about the forgiven. If you can't forget, then you haven't forgiven. Both go hand in hand as Joseph's brothers came in in begging for help and and, and he could have uh, reacted in revenge. Because again, Joseph was still anointed. Joseph still had favor. Joseph was placed in a position where he could have done what he wanted. But he did not repay with revenge. Cain had the power to kill Abel and he did. And he was forever a vagabond. Hate equals unhappiness. Always. Always. There are people who want to kill me just because I profess Jesus Christ. There are people who hate you because of the Christ that's in you. And in fact, sometimes they'll even walk in this room. I'm going to tell you something. You can dance in the house of God all you want. But if he ain't changed your heart, it's just emotion. Joseph sat and watched his dreams be fulfilled. His brothers bowing before him. And as he he, he watched, I can't help but think all the hurtful words that were said to him may have come ringing back in his ears or... Or all the things that were done to him may have come ringing back to him. Him being stripped of his coat, tar- uh, thrown into a pit, the thought that he was sold for 20 pieces of silver. They threw me away like I was a bag of trash. They wanted nothing uh, to do with me. The years of slavery, of false accusations, imprisonment, and and confusion. Hopes uh, raised by, by a butler's promise only to be forgotten. It may have all rushed back at that very moment. But now Joseph sits in a place to repay and revenge or to forgive. He could have very easily said, I will destroy the lives of these pathetic, disloyal, so-called brothers of mine. Now the choice is up to Joseph. I want to tell you something, and if you hear this, if you can't hear the Word of God from somebody because of what they did 35 years ago, then you don't understand forgiveness. If you're going to hold what somebody did two years ago against them, then you don't understand forgiveness. If you're going to hold Something against somebody, what they did two hours ago. And you say you forgive, then you don't understand forgiveness. Jesus said to the woman at the well, go and sin no more. That's all, that was it. But we would have hold everything over everybody's head. Why well, can't Jason, I saw you post something that just... just... Ruffle my feathers. I'm a person too. Now Joseph had this choice to, to do whatever he wanted, but without hesitation, Joseph did what many of us need to do. He forgot the toils of his father's house. Hear me. Some of us have been through hell on earth. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not making light of anything that anyone has gone through. But you cannot forget the toils of your father's house. Today's that day. Because you're living in past struggles. You're living in past problems. You're living in past addictions or bondages or past whatever it may be. But today's is the day that the Lord moves in your life and allows you to forget the toils of your father's house. Again, true forgiveness doesn't keep talking about the forgiving. It don't keep digging up the grave. Genesis 42, verse 25. Then, then Joseph... <coughs> did something. He commanded them to fill their sacks with corns and to restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. He could have done something terrible to them, but he did not. He blessed them. Instead of cursing, he brought blessing. Instead of justice, he, he showed mercy. Instead of vengeance, he gave forgiveness. Joseph learned to forget the toils of his father's house. Then our our first two scriptures we read, and we're back here now. Joseph had two sons. Chapter 41, verses 50 through 52. And the first was called Manasseh, which means to forget. Don't tell me God does not work in mysterious ways. Joseph said, "For, for God said he has made me forget all my toil in all my Father's house. Here's the problem. Who, 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 who calls to him? Who allowed that? The Father. God the Father. We're trying to forget in our own selves. We're trying to forget in our own passions, our own will, our own way, our own, own whatever it may be. We're trying to forget these things and we can't. You can't. But it's only the, the power and, and the working of the Holy Spirit that will renew your Romans 12 and 2 tells us to be not, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does that happen? It ain't going to happen in you. It ain't going to happen in your ability. It's only going to happen through the Holy Spirit working in your life. The second son was named Ephraim, which means fruitfulness. You cannot be fruitful until you learn how to forget the toil and injustices of your father's house. Hear me. A lot, of people, a lot of people pray, and they want an Ephraim in their life, but they have not allowed a Manasseh to take place. We're talking spiritually. Hear me clear. You need to have and allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. You're asking for something that you have not allowed the previous to take place. In essence, you're putting the, the horse or the cart before the horse. When you allow the Lord to transform your mind, you can forget that injustices or, or whatever may have been done and be fruitful. Ephraim cannot be born before Manasseh in our lives. Lord, change this. Do this. Do that. Have your way here. Have your way there. Lord, just make it rain. Lord, let me bless me abundantly. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever it may be. Not Lord... Transform me. Renew my mind. Create in me a clean heart. All the other things will take care of themselves. The Bible tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. But we're coming down and we're asking God for His blessing. And He desires to give them. But you don't want Him. You're wanting an Ephraim and you have not asked for a Manasseh. You've carried this hurt and this, and it's real. You've carried these things around in your life and, and even for some for many, many years and have not allowed the Lord to, to remove those things. Something that I, I'll just give you a personal experience I carried around for years, and it was bitterness. And I was bitter, and I'm not going to name their name, but it came from, from a pastor who smack, slapped me in the face. And I had my mind made up. When I get old enough, I'm going to beat this man to death. I'm just telling you the truth. It happened to me when I was about 13 years old. When I was about 22 years old, I was at a camp meeting and I saw him. I said, today's my day. I'm going to lay hands on this joker. But praise God, the Holy Spirit changed my heart. and He removed hate and bitterness from my life. And I remember that night, the only way I laid hands, I just hugged his neck. Said, I forgive you. I didn't talk about it. We just went on about our way. And there's some people that call themselves believers that have carried around junk for years, hurt. And it's real. But the Lord desires today to change. Oh, well, brother, you don't know what they did to me. It don't matter. You need a Manasseh. i got to look at the same person every day. got to look at the same people every week. You need a Manasseh. It ruined my life. You need a Manasseh. They took X, Y, or Z. You need a Manasseh in your life. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, on you, and through you to create in you a clean heart and to be renewed in your mind. It, it's, it's past hurts that drain the very strength that the Lord desires to bless you with. You want to rejoice, but you just get get past the offense. Can't get past it. Can't get over it. Carry it around, you do good, you do okay for a while, and then it comes back up, or you see something, it reminds you of something, then you just get all tore up again. Some people live to be just angry, I guess. And unless you allow NASA to be born in your spirit, you will not see the fruitfulness that God desires to bless you with. That's a pretty strong statement, but it's true. Until you allow the Father to dress the vine, don't expect fruit to be born on the limbs. Could it be that we have not experienced what we call or say revival because we have not allowed the Lord to actually search our hearts? That the church for year after year after year after year, decade after decade after decade, has gone after people instead of forgotten. It's about souls. Because the fact of the matter is, in this house right here today, at 6636 Pine Ridge Drive, we got people from every walk of life. We got people that can afford a Big Mac, or that might could afford a franchise of, of McDonald's. I don't know. But God still blesses the same. Bitterness will kill you. And you can die lost in the Father's house. I I, I want these, listen. I want to walk away from this place knowing that there is no blood on my hands. And I'm going to lay it down point blank and clear as I can possibly do. If you are not sure if you have uh, pfft, hatred bitterness unforgiveness in your heart if if you could say I, I i i can't forgive them then you need to be running to these altars and it listen i'm not saying again i'm not belittling the things What I'm saying is the Holy Spirit will take away that hurt and he will allow you to forget the toils and then he will make you fruitful even in your afflictions. Even in your afflictions. We have to let our cry be that of David to create in us a clean heart and renew that right spirit that's within us or that which Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Why would he say that? Because he understood the dangers of thinking within our own selves, our own ideas and, and, and following our own hearts. The Bible tells us that the heart is deceitfully wicked. We tell people, follow your heart, brother. No, don't follow your heart. Ask ask God Almighty to create in you a clean heart so that you may have a heart after Him and follow His heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. How can it be that we can come into the presence of God Almighty and walk out as if we didn't even acknowledge Him? Are we that stone cold? Are we that hard? And we pretend it's okay. Some parents may think I'm crazy. I have a TikTok. Not that I want to make videos because I don't care nothing about them. But I keep checking on my daughter. Why? Not that I don't think, Not that I think she's doing anything stupid or crazy. But then I also see the hatred that comes from other people. All because of something that's on her bio. Is this is really where we become? What we become? This is what the nation has become. Why? Because the church ain't no different. I don't. I don't like that First Baptist Church down there. They just too quiet. I, I don't listen. If you're watching, I don't know where First Baptist Church is. I'm sure there's one somewhere. Just like there's a church everywhere. I don't not like them. I'm just saying that's us. Or, or, or they had a guitar turned up too loud. I ain't coming back. Somebody got my chair. I ain't coming back. And, and we cancel things out. And we shut things down. And we allow the hurts to, to build up. And, and, and the bitterness to, to rage. And, and, and become an inferno in our lives. And then instead of being set out. To allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives. We're set out to prove our point and to to do whatever we can to ruin somebody else's life. I'm going to say it from right here. If I, Jason Collins, have done anything to offend you, to hurt you, and I may not even know it, I'm asking for you to forgive me. You won't lie. But I will not ask for your forgiveness for preaching the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes, some, peop- some people may do something. They don't even know they did it. But I want to promise you today that he's here to set you free. I, want, I so wanted this morning to come up here and rear up on my hind legs and, and use the old term, preach the house down. But there's healing that has to take place in the house. There's, there's forgiveness that has to be accepted and offered in the house. In the house. If we want to see revival, if we want to see things take place, if we want to see change take place, Lord, let it begin in me. Let it begin in this house. Let it begin right here. Let Lakeside Church be an example of your goodness and your grace and your mercy and the power of your work, working uh, power of your Holy Spirit and allowing us to forget the hurt and toils of our Father's house. I want the singers and musicians to come. The Lord desires to renew you or or the spirit of your mind this morning. He wants to help you forget. We say we forgive, but he wants to help you forget so that you could be or shall be fruitful. Well, you say forgiveness, forgetting, and fruitfulness. They all go together. And I want to tell you that today, if you're in this place and you have any reservation, don't leave this place like you came. If there's any, whatever it may be, you cannot leave. You can, but I, I I'm begging you, don't leave this place like you came. On the flip side, I I want us to understand that we church folk have made certain issues in people's lives of little or no significance. To them, it's a mountain. To you, it's nothing. I've asked the Lord to create in me a clean heart, but to also help me be sensitive. That's not my strong point. Because certain things I don't deal with, they're not a battle or an issue to me at all. And if someone's dealing with that, or has that going on in their life, I can create a huge stumbling block by saying, Oh, that's nothing, that's stupid. Some people came in here this morning with a mountain that's called fear. Fear of what? Fear of tomorrow. Fear of not knowing. Fear of not knowing what's going to happen. Fear of this, fear of that. Fear of even following what the Lord's told you to do. Some people uh, watching or or maybe, maybe here, you come in here with a mountain called addiction or bondage. And you've almost given up or have given up because you've tried to do it, tried to do it, tried to do it, and it ain't never worked, and you've just done. I want to tell you that today He's here to set you free. For some people came in here with a mountain in front of you or in your heart called unforgiveness. And today's the day that He not only forgives you for being unforgiven, but to help you forget the toils of the Father's house so that not only a Manasseh will be born in your spirit, but also a Ephraim that you began to be more fruitful. Today's the day. And I ask you this question, what in the world are you waiting on? Let's not pretend that our life is okay and all the checks are marked because truth of the matter is all of us are a train wreck. So my trains jumped the track 15 times this week. I'm going to just go ahead and be honest with you. I'm a passionate person about everything. It don't matter if it's connect Four or preaching the gospel. I don't know how to be any other way than passionate and sometimes it gets me in trouble. But I'm asking God to change me. And I will be the first to admit to all of you, all who are here as pastor of this church, Jason Collins is a train wreck and I need the Holy Spirit to work in my life because I don't have it together. I don't know what we wait on. When will we be desperate for the Lord to change us? When will we be desperate for the Lord to remove the the junk that we've allowed to pile up and blind us? I want to do things a little different this morning. There's no doubt in my mind that the Holy Spirit is drawing And that He's working in some of your lives. And as you feel Him doing that, I want you to stand up and walk down and let the Lord begin to pour into you. Because the truth of the matter is, He don't need all the hype to change what He desires to do. He's drawing us. And He wants to move in your life. Will you allow him to do so? I want you guys to pray with me. If you feel that drawing as we pray, come. Come and allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, and work. But I want those you guys to pray that the Holy Spirit will have His way. Pray for Him to search your own personal heart. Pray that we surrender and quit fighting. That we walk in victory. That we preach the gospel in truth, but in love. Because God is faithful. faith Lord we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus and I know that you're drawing hearts to you Lord and we rebuke the devil in all areas, in all manners Lord, that you'll you'll remove worry and doubt and fear and, and that they'll surrender, we'll surrender our lives to you today Lord that you'll renew us in our mind that the spirit of our mind will be renewed Lord, that we will be transformed today God God, all the things that we've carried, all the worries, all the doubts, the bitterness, the fear, Lord, I pray that you take those away and have your way today in our lives. Let your church be the church, God. We're a broken body of people. And we need your touch. Move and have your way today. Sing as you feel led, come as they sing. I'm praying for the remnant, meaning those that people have discarded, those that people thought were no use or value, that their time was up, that their ministry was over. Lord, bring them. Some of the most valuable heirlooms, if you will, or what have you. One we have one Summer's grandmother made it a quilt made of remnants. The beauty and the value of that is priceless. Sister Gunner, you take pieces of material. and make something of great value. Jeff, you can take a whole truckload of lumber and make something of great value. Israel, you can take a pile of nuts and bolts and wires and a block, rusty old parts, and make something that's of value. Mike, you can walk on a job and you can look at what seems to be absolute chaos, but you see something of great value. Why? Because you know what you're looking at, and you know what it's going to be. And what you see is somebody who's washed up or burnt one too many bridges, God sees fit for the kingdom of God. He sees great value. Quit looking through your eyes and ask God to give you his son. In a few short weeks that blessing from God that some would say is just a trailer will be rolling somewhere because there are people of Great power God, let us, don't let us get in your way. Lord, don't let us get caught up in sayings names don't even let us get caught up in ministry but Lord let us be wrapped up in you Lord I pray that you would overflow overflow the children's ministry youth ministry the senior adult just this body Lord overflow us not only with your presence but with people who are hungry for you. Lord, we're asking for a county, a state, a nation. Lord, let it start in us. Let it start right here today. God, we're asking for a manasseh. And also in Ephraim. God, one by one. One by one, Lord, souls are coming home to you. Lord, we're expecting and believing for many, many, many more. God, we give you all the glory and honor. I encourage you to be back tonight Lord willing and it don't change I'll be ministering on the Holy Spirit I don't know what will take place but I do know whatever the Lord allows it will be just okay we love each of you see somebody that's not here some are are viewing online and that's understandable but call check on them if there's something you need to make right with somebody do it let the Lord move in your life we love you guys we'll see you tonight be blessed